Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, I am so excited to bring a word from the Lord to everyone tonight. Um, Let's be honest for a minute before we go any further. How many people in here tonight would like to have a more vibrant, powerful prayer life? Raise your hand just a minute. Yeah. Good. Well, God's really given us, tonight we're going to see God's really giving us, I believe, the main key, the main ingredient for us all to experience, experience what he desires for us to have, what he has created prayer to accomplish. And our topic is going to be on prayer. Prayer is, for anybody that knows me, prayer is so exciting to me, pray, right? Prayer is so wonderful. I'm not the only one, I know that. But prayer is so exciting to me. After corporate prayer sometimes when the power of God is just blown into the room and we are just, just saturated with the peace and the presence of God, I often joke around and I say, another boring day in prayer because God blows our minds. He so exceeds anything that we could even think of, anything that we could ask or even hope for when it comes to the topic of prayer. So I love prayer. And who, who wouldn't? Prayer is working with Almighty God. Prayer is an adventure into the realm of the Spirit which brings to pass God's plans and his will here for this earth. It's an adventure. Prayer is an adventure. It's supernatural. I've experienced many things in prayer and I've gone places in the realm of the spirit that I could never in my wildest dreams have ever thought of. But I found over the years when I talked to different people that not everybody is having the same experience. They're not as excited about prayer as I am. They wish they were. Every, just about everybody in here raised their hand tonight. They wanna be, but their prayer lives are dry, and they're, they're, they're just by rote, and they're, they're unrewarding. I remember times like that in my own life when I just wanted to say everything right. I just wanted to hit the mark all the time. I really didn't know what I was doing, I didn't know what prayer I needed to be praying at any, given, at any given time, and I didn't know that I was doing the right thing. And I would think that most of us here tonight would really love it to know, or would really love to know and be excited about prayer and have a powerful experience with God. So what's the problem? I know typically when it comes to ministering, one of the worst things you can say is this is the key because there are so many keys, there's so many opportunities, there's so many ways God can do things. But I believe tonight that we're gonna be looking at the main reason why our prayer lives aren't what God desires them to be. Why is it that some of us soar in prayer and others are just like we just struggle to get by. We know we should do it. We know that it's a discipline. We know it's right, but it's just like, oh, okay, I'll pray. Why is that? I believe that the main reason is this, 
Some Christians expect the Holy Spirit to lead them when they pray, and some don't. That's it in a nutshell. Think about it. Think about it in your own life. When you go to prayer, do you go to prayer with the, in an expectation that God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, one and the same, that the Holy Spirit is going to be leading you and guiding you and teaching you? You don't have to answer that. I would guess that most of us would say, we, no, we ha do not have that expectation. But tonight, I believe that's gonna change. I ab now, in my life, I absolutely expect the Holy Spirit to lead me every time I pray. And often, if you come to corporate prayer, and I encourage all of you to do that, every Thursday from 11 to 12, we, we come together here in the auditorium to pray. I call it following the leader. He's the leader, and I simply follow him. I don't labor over extensive prayer lists. How many of you think, oh my gosh, I have to make a list, but what if I forget something important? Everybody, right? Don't, I don't labor over extensive prayer lists anymore. I don't follow any man-made formulas for prayer. I simply believe what God's word says about the Holy Spirit and his help. I go to prayer expecting him to lead me, and guess what? He does. The Holy Spirit illuminates scriptural truth to me and reveals other truths necessary in order for me to pray effectively. Now before you throw stones at me, when I say reveals truth to me and other truths, I'm not deviating from the word of God. I'm saying that sometimes there are truths about timing and what specifically needs to be prayed about a given situation that's not necessarily ex uh, outlined in the word of God. It's not gonna be contrary to God's word, but it regards a timing. What we're gonna look at first is, what did Jesus speak about? What did he teach about prayer when he was here on this earth? What did he feel was important to teach his followers, his disciples, about the subject of prayer while he was here on this earth? When he was here, he was the one who illuminated the truth. He was the way, he was the truth, he was the life. So he was in, in, tangibly in, in the flesh here for his disciples to reveal truth to him. And he was their helper when he was here. He taught his disciples how to pray, but he not only taught them how to pray, but he modeled a lifestyle of prayer. We see this in Matthew 6 and Luke 11 when we look at the Lord's Prayer, but we also see Jesus teaching his disciples of prayer about prayer in the Gospel of John. Uh, Jesus was answering questions that Thomas had and Philip had, and he was preparing him for his departure in the Gospel of John in the 14th chapter, and we're gonna read verses 13 through 15 and see what, what he said about prayer at that time. Jesus was speaking, and whatever you, speaking to his followers or his disciples, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Thank you, Lord. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, Jesus was commanding them. He was commanding them. It wasn't an authoritative, you have to do this. But his, his instructions were his commands. And he, what he was saying here was, if you love me, you will ask in my name. He was telling them that answered prayer is always, prayer is always answered on the basis of Jesus' position before the Father, in Jesus' name. 
His command was to, to his disciples were them, for them to ask. And then what he did was, in verses 16 through 17, he, he wanted to prepare them in advance um, for his, his departure, because once he was gone, he didn't, want them to know, he didn't want them to be alone. So they weren't aware that he was gonna be leaving, but he's, he was wanting to prepare them for his departure, and he went on to tell them, about another helper, and we're gonna be reading that right now in John 14, 16, and 17. Jesus wanted to tell them of this other, other helper who would be to them exactly what he was to them when he was here on the earth with them. John 14, verse 16. Jesus said, and I will pray the Father, and he, meaning the Father, will give you another helper that he, the other helper, may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit is being referred to here as the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now, Jesus was telling them that this helper would be exactly like Jesus in every way, shape, and form. And he wanted them to know this, and he was trying to stress the fact that they already know this helper because he's been with you, and he was referring to himself, wanting them to know he is gonna be exactly like me. Only he was going to now be dwelling in them. Jesus was saying here that he was gonna pray to the Father and that God would give them another helper exactly like him. We know that this was Jesus referring to the Holy Ghost. John 14, 26 says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, again, see, it's in Jesus' name, he, the Holy Spirit, will what? Teach you all things and Bring to your remembrance all things. The cameras are in the way and I, I deviated from my notes. He will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Jesus then went on to tell them that after he was gone, they were still to be asking, which is another way for saying, of saying praying. They would still be praying in his name, but they were no longer to ask him. John 16, 23, verse and 24 tells us, and this is Jesus again speaking, and in that day, what day is that? The day that I'm no longer here. It was after Jesus had resurrected and had ascended and was seated at the right hand of God. In that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Until now, you have asked me nothing, asked nothing in my name, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So it makes perfect sense that once Jesus ascended, he wasn't here. The disciples couldn't go to him. They couldn't ask him anything. So what he, what he told them was that he, when he, they prayed to God the Father, that they were to pray and to ask the Father in his name. This is still true for us today, church. When we go before the Father, when we pray about anything, we go before him in the name of Jesus, amen? Now, Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, yes? He's no longer here in physical form on this earth. Yes, we are the body of Christ, but I mean Jesus himself in the flesh is no longer here. He'll be coming back again, 
but right now he's not here. He didn't wanna leave us as orphans, the word teaches us. He sent the comforter or the helper, the Holy Spirit, to be with us. And the Holy Spirit is here now in Jesus' absence, in his stead, to do what? We already read it in 1426, to guide us into all truth. The truths necessary for what? For us to pray effectively. The Holy Spirit will reveal to us truths about things in the future. In other words, things that haven't happened yet. Things that are to come. When Jesus was preparing his followers for his departure, he told them, he said, it's to your advantage that I go away. Well, they could, could you imagine thinking that with everything that they had just experienced and seen in their lives? It's a, to my advantage that you're leaving me? You're leaving me? But Jesus was trying to comfort them. He was assuring them with his words that it was to their advantage. And the reason was that if he went away, he could send them the helper, the Holy Ghost. Let's look at John 16, 13. Jesus said, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you. This is speaking of the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Isn't that just like Jesus? Jesus only did what he saw the Father do. Jesus only said, what he heard the Father say. He aligned himself under his Father's authority and the Holy Spirit in perfect unity aligns himself underneath the authority of Jesus Christ. So when the Spirit of God speaks something to you and I in prayer, it will always line up with the Word of God. It will never ever contradict God's Word. And let me, let me make this bold statement. Apart from the Holy Spirit, there is no possible way that you and I can know what the future holds. Would you agree with that? That's not stretching it. There's no way that we know what the future holds. And apart from him, the Holy Spirit, there's no possible way that you and I can pray effectively for future events. Romans 8.26 tells us that the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit, also helps, there he is, he's helping again, in our weaknesses, that word weakness simply means dullness or um, percept, lack of per, dullness of perception, lack of perception, or ignorance. So the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness, weaknesses. Listen to this, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. The word tells us we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. We do not know what we should pray for as we ought. We need the Holy Spirit's help, church, in prayer. That's what I'm getting across to you tonight. We need him all the time, not just sometimes. Every time we go to prayer, we need to, we need to lean on and trust in and rely, in, rely on the Holy Spirit. Now, he's eager and willing to give us the help, all the, need, all the help we need in prayer. He wants to take us into unseen realms of the spirit. Now get this, because this is powerful. Because those realms are his responsibility. Those realms are his responsibility. They're not our responsibility. So what do we have to do? Let him. Let him take us into those realms. 
He wants to show us things in those realms, why? Because he needs us to pray about them. He needs us, or sometimes he needs us to walk them out. In other words, to do what we see, just like Jesus did, exactly like Jesus did. He saw it, and then he did it. I wanna give you um, an example in my life, a perfect example of this, the Lord brought back to my remembrance, was when I bumped into um, a childhood friend of mine, a a childhood friend's mother in the supermarket, and she happened to bring up um, a family in town that that we both knew, Um, and talked about this young man who was in the hospital in the final stages of AIDS. And she said that she had been praying for him. His His name was Doug. She had been praying for him to be born again. She didn't know if he was saved. And she asked me if I'd join her in praying for his salvation. Um, So when I was at home, I was praying for this young man, and the Holy Spirit brought to my remembrance, John 14, 26, he brought it to my remembrance, Isaiah 6, 8. And Isaiah 6, 8 says, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. As soon as I heard that, not with my audible ears, but I heard it in my spirit, I knew that the Holy Spirit was leading me to pray along these lines. The Holy Spirit gave me the word of God and wanted me to cooperate or pray that out. So I did, and I said, Father, here I am, send me. The Holy Spirit then revealed something to me of the future through a vision. Another way the Holy Spirit will work in our lives because it's his responsibility, right? It's his responsibility to bring us into the realms of the Spirit. These realms are under his dominion and it's up to him to bring us into these places in prayer. So I prayed and I remember that he showed me, and I I think it's called a point of view shot, although it was me like walking behind a camera, like I was looking in the camera as it walked, as as I was being led. So I didn't like see me walking there, does that make sense? I could see where I was going and I saw myself, or I knew it was me because I, I was literally in this vision Walking into a hospital, I saw myself turn left, I saw myself walk down a, a corridor, I saw, I saw myself get into an elevator and go up to the second, only, I only went up one floor, I saw the elevator doors open, and I saw a nurse walk out of a room, and I knew in my spirit that that was Doug's room. So I thought, oh my gosh, this is, this is, this is amazing. He was revealing this to me. There's no way I could have known any of that. I couldn't wait to get to the hospital. How about you? I want to see, man, was this really God? Did I just concoct this? This is amazing. I couldn't wait to see. And guess what? Everything, to every last detail was exactly like the Lord showed me. This young man was on his deathbed, and he was so ripe for salvation. Tears came streaming down his face, and he gave his life to the Lord. He could barely talk. It, it, it was affecting even his, his speech. Now, get understand this. I was perfectly content to pray, to have that be my only responsibility, because 
That's powerful to pray. Sometimes we think we have to be the laborer that leads somebody to the Lord. I, I really didn't feel like that. I thought, I'm content to pray for this young man. I'll, you know, and I could have dismissed that leading. I could have forgotten possibly and gotten busy with my life and figured, well, you know, she's been praying for him and you know, the Lord doesn't need me to be praying for him too. And I just, I, I didn't really know him. I knew his family, I knew who he was, but I didn't know him. I didn't know if he would know me, but the Holy Spirit had other plans. He revealed to me the will of the Father and brought to my remembrance Isaiah 6, 8, which is the word of God, which Jesus Christ is the word of God. God wanted to save Doug, and he needed someone here on this earth to cooperate with his will. That experience was the, with the Holy Spirit was so thrilling, it was so exciting, and I was hungry for more. That was put my prayer life on, like that, that experience to my prayer life was like, if anybody races cars, NOS is to a car, where you flip that switch and you just like take off. My, I was just like, I can't wait. Oh my gosh, what are you gonna show me now? And I'm telling you, church, I can't share with you some things I can share with certain people because you probably think I was all nuts, but God is gonna blow your minds in prayer if you believe and if you trust and develop your faith in the Holy Spirit being your helper in prayer. Now listen to this, although it's true that he is our helper in prayer, it's equally true that he needs us to help him. That blows my mind. The Holy Spirit can't get the work of prayer done on this earth without you and me. He needs our hearts, he needs our lips, he needs our cooperation as much as we need his. We are co-laborers with God's Spirit. Now if you want the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you, to help you to pray, this is what you have to do. You have to believe that he will. We read several scriptures that said that the Holy Spirit was gonna be that, your helper and, and your, your revealer of truth and show you things to come. Do you believe that? If you believe that, then expect him to do that. Amen? He doesn't just do it automatically. Anything in the kingdom of God operates on the same principle of faith. It takes faith to be led by the Holy Spirit. If you'll do that, if you'll believe that he will, because the word of God says so, the next step is ask him. Holy Spirit, the next time you go to prayer, Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you to lead me in prayer. I need you to be my prayer guide. I need you to show me things to come. I don't know what's up ahead for my, my life, my marriage, my family, my job, my church. I don't know what's coming up ahead, but you're outside of time and you're already there. I'm asking you to lead me. Show me what I need to pray out. Show me, need, show me what I need to say. Show me what I need to do. And he will. And I'm telling you, church, this is when prayer gets really exciting. I mean, really exciting. You see, the Holy Spirit wants to take you on a little trip every single time you pray. He wants to take you into the unseen realm, into the realms of the Spirit, and he wants to do that to give you things to pray about. He wants to give you revelations that are not only gonna help you, but will help other people. 
It takes faith, I've already said this, to follow, or you could also say to flow in the Holy Ghost. Romans 10, 17 tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But know this, you can't let yourself off the hook. It doesn't require great spiritual maturity or special spiritual ability. It requires faith. Every, even new Christians can follow the Holy Spirit if they believe what the word of God says about the Holy Spirit. It's that simple. Sometimes we make it hard though. And sometimes we miss what the Spirit of God is doing because we're uncertain of his leading, we're, we doubt his leading. His leadings are often very subtle. And often they come in simple steps. Sometimes we mess things up by expecting an, a spectacular show, like a burning bush or like a bolt of lightning. But that's not the way the Holy Spirit works. So what do we need to do? We need to stay in faith in a state of expectancy. When you go to prayer, believe the word of God is for you. Believe that the Holy Spirit wants to lead you and be a revealer of truth to you. Expect him to do that. We need to refuse the thoughts of doubt and unbelief that would cause us to question, was that God or was that just me? How many people have had that happen to you? Was that really God or was that just me? Well, what happens when we do that is we can get into reasoning and we might end up concluding that, no, oh, it was probably just me. Don't let that happen to you. Expect the Holy Spirit to lead you when you pray. I want to challenge you tonight to go home and feed your faith on God's word about the Holy Spirit. Build your trust. Develop your trust in him. Develop your expectancy until you're not wondering if you can be led by the Spirit, but that you're certain that you can be. Have faith that you can follow the leader. Would you join me now? Join your hearts with me as I pray. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We are so grateful for his help. We believe what the Bible says about him and we expect to receive his help every time we pray. We choose to put our trust in and rely on the Holy Spirit's guidance and we, we will cooperate with him in prayer from here on. We confess that we are sensitive to his leadings and we are quick to follow and obey. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory at newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today.